in a galaxy far, far away. Ross. Oh, um, don't stop, Ed. Keep going. What are you doing? Don't interfere. Keep going. Don't stop. Oh, oh, sorry, guys. I was, I was miles away there. I was in a galaxy far, far away. I'm sorry. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 149 of the Thinking Guns podcast. I do apologise by that intro. Maybe we should do more musical intros. I don't know. I'll think about it. How are you doing? My name is Ross Game. I am joined by Kat. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, I didn't want to pull you from space there, but I just, you know, if you were going to go through every theme of all eight Star Wars movies, we might have just been here for a while, you know? So I just well, thought... The joy of the theme of all eight Star Wars movies is that they're all exactly the same. Oh, well, exactly. So I don't know how long that would have gone on for. <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. 149. Big 150 oh. next week. I know. I should probably spend the week trying to see if we can get um someone special on to join us. Oh damn, Ashley Birch, how you doing, girl? No, I'm kidding. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'll be nice and easy. Thanks for that one, Kat. <laughs> Just keep the bar low, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm doing very well. Um, yeah, all is good here. How how devil are you? Oh, thanks so much for asking, Kat. Uh, you know what? I'm uh, I'm doing damn good. I'm doing damn good. Thank you very much. Good. Damn Things right. Are- Things are well, and we are also joined by Miles Thompson. Hello. Hello, Hello there. Sire. How are you? Hello there. Uh, hello there. Your move. Um, yes, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Very good. I very much enjoyed the intro. I was sad it was cut short. <laughs> I was jamming. I was jamming away while on me. mute. One of you had to stop me. <laughs> it wouldn't have been me. This would have been the whole part. It just would have been you doing the tune and me jamming away on mute. That would have been cool. Play the same song. Play the same song. Okay, same song. Here we go. Yeah. Love it. There's a bit of a theme this week. Can you tell? Yeah, I wonder what we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes. Oh, God. What, what a week. What a week it's been. Um, yeah. Let's go game of the week. That was a really terrible transition, but I'm just excited. So let's just do it. Game of the week. Kat, what's your game of the week? My game of the week, unfortunately for you, Roscoe, is not Fortnite because I've not started it yet. So maybe you next coward. week. You coward, <laughs> I'll tell me. No, my game of the week is a lovely little game called Lost in Random. Have you heard of it? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. It is a lovely game from EA. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, developed by Zoink uh, and, yeah, part of Zoink? EA. Zoinkies. Um, essentially, it's very like Hunger Games esque. I really love the story to it. So, essentially, what happens is you play as a girl called Even, and when her sister Odd turns 12, you have to roll the dice in this like world. And the queen rules the world, and there are six cities, and that is One Croft, Two Town, Threedom, Forberg, Five Tropolis, and Sixtopia. And essentially, when you're 12, you have to roll this queen's magical black dice to see where you will live for the rest of your life it's very hunger games um and her sister rolls a six but they live in one croft so it means that she can never return back home um but she actually originally rolls a one and so she was able to stay and then the dice flips and turns to a six so she gets taken by the queen now her sister doesn't really understand that doesn't want to leave her sister so she goes on a mission in the middle of the night to try and get her sister back um, so she has to travel through all of the cities uh, to get to Sixtopia and uh, kind of try and take her sister back, essentially. Um, 
And along the way, she meets a little companion called Dicey. And uh, back in the lore of Lost in Random, apparently everyone had dice companions, but now the Queen has banned them because they're very powerful. Um, but she's managed to find like this lost legendary dice and uh, has tried to keep it a secret. And yeah, you're just kind of kind of rolling with the punches and trying to go through the cities as a, as a lost little girl looking for her sister and you have to do side quests along the way. Um, if like a battle uh, combat, it's got a really kind of cool battle combat system, which is you have like a deck of cards. I haven't quite worked out how to change my deck. That's a really confusing part of the, of the menu, um, but I, I'll try to work it out. Well, essentially you have these cards and then you roll dicey and you get the points so if, if dicey is a three you get cut you get up to three points to spend but certain cards will cost certain more points and stuff like that and because i'm in three topia i only have up to three but you can get cards that will like increase your roll you can get cards that will increase or decrease the card kind of currency of, of what you're spending it's really cool it's a really unique um well, in my eyes, it's a really unique kind of way. And it's got loads of like punny dice stuff, like even the city names and the fact that they call Eden, they're called even and odd, you know, and they have like those punny dice jokes. Um, it's just a really sweet little game, but it's kind of like dark and mysterious and gloomy. It kind of reminds me of like modern Pumpkin Jack. It's very like oh, Halloween-y. Okay. It's very Halloween-y. It's very Tim Burton. I think mm. well, that's what it reminds me. It reminds me of kind of a very Tim Burton esque Tim Burton's creator game that probably look like that. Uh, yeah, that's my game of the week. I've been really enjoying playing it. I'm probably I'm in three freedom right now, so I'm I've got three more cities after this before I try and I guess uh, off with her head with the queen. And uh, yeah, that that's me. But it's a really cool game. I think I got it on deal on the PlayStation store, but I can't remember how much it was. I think maybe like 11 or 12 pounds. Hmm. Let me just check later. But uh, yeah, I would recommend it because it is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Giving me um, kind of Alice Madden's Returns vibes. Yes. Yeah. I've not played that, but I have wanted to for a really long time. Oh, um, but yeah, it does look really, really good. Um yeah, it's very similar, I think. I think it's I think I wouldn't be surprised why you got those vibes. Mm. Sounds like a game with many sides. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> many rolls of the dice, you know. <laughs> oh dear. Get me a medal. Get me two buckets medal. Yeah, let's go. Oh my god. Uh Miles, what is your game of the week? Does it slap? Yeah. I mean. It's, it's a week yeah. Sorry. yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I kind of just want to skip over mine to get to yours, but I will <laughs> do it some justice. Um, okay, so I've been playing Weird West. Uh, it came weird, through weird on the day that it was meant to be embargoed for, wasn't it? Um, it's, how can I describe this? Did you ever have like a person at school? Or like a person who you've known most of your life growing up who always declared themselves as really weird and said that they're really kooky and strange or whatever, but wasn't actually that weird. Like they just kept telling everyone how weird they were, but weren't actually weird. They were just kind of annoying about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this game is. It declares itself, calls itself Weird West, but it's not even that weird. Like it's just not. It's not like as interesting as its title suggests it should be. So it's like setting like a cowboy western typical vibe so there's like 
different locations on a map that you travel to. It's kind of isometric, kind of Diablo, camera point. Um, so kind of top down and similar kind of combat system. There are only five weapons to choose from. And then you've got like certain explosives that you can throw. Uh, you've got five characters. So it's like one story and each character has like a chunk, like a mini campaign that you play. And each of their stories then gives you a bit of the like overall narrative. So you have to play all five to get like a whole picture of what's going on. And each character gets progressively like more different. So the first one's typical kind of uh, cowgirl. Um, she sets off on like a revenge thing and it's very typical standard. Her abilities are all very, as you would expect. And then second one's like a pig, pig man guy. He's been turned into a pig. They call everyone that you go past calls you a snout because they will hate you. Um, but you're like beefed up. You're immune to poison, that kind of thing. The character I've just unlocked um, can turn to a werewolf. So like each character gets progressively cooler powers. One of them's got a bear you can summon, like a spectral bear. And it goes around, it tears everything apart. And that's really cool. So that's the main draw of it is that it's this kind of intriguing, you know, you get the overall picture as you go. But the problem is... None of the characters are particularly that well developed and the actual story is not that interesting. So although you can make lots of choices and you can kill off every story character if you want to and progress it by just getting notes, there's just no real like investment in it. Like I've not been bothered about being that good or that bad. I've just made good choices because that's generally what I do in most choice-based games anyway. Um, so it's, it's, it's there and it all works. It's fine. But story-wise, it's just not that interesting. Gameplay-wise, it just gets a bit tired quite quickly. Um, like I said, there's only, you know, a pistol, a shotgun, a rifle. Um, you've got a bow and arrow and a melee weapon. You can get different variants, but they all do the same thing in those slots. And you can do stealth and whatever, but the combat just doesn't change. You know, the enemies you're fighting, some of them will be melee focused, some of them will have ranged attacks, some of them will throw explosives at you. And that's it. That's about as far as deep as it goes. And so the main kind of draw of it is mainly about how invested you are in making the decisions because the combat just, it just starts to lack any kind of real variety after a while. And like I said, it's just not that weird. Basically what they've done is they've taken like a Western, like story focused landscape environment and then separate it into chunks. So like on the map, you can travel to like homesteads and there's deserted places and then they start to repeat quite quickly because um, they're all taken from like a similar template. And then... It introduces like, oh, there's zombies now. I'm like, okay, now there's zombies in it. That's fine. Red Dead Redemption did that. That's cool. It's like, oh yeah, now there's a werewolf. I'm like, okay, standard fantasy fair. That's fine. And then the only other thing it's got is kind of like spirits and wraiths and stuff like that. And I was like, again, pretty standard fantasy fair. And then it kind of throws its hands up and it's like, cool, we're giving you all the weird stuff now. Now we're just going to repeat it because it's so weird. And I'm like, but it's not that weird. Other games have done all of this and probably done it in a much better fashion and actually made it more interesting you know weirdness um it just kind of loses that kind of a lore quite quickly i've played through three characters so far i'm on the fourth one out of five and i just feel like i've seen and done everything it has to to offer even the fact that my current character can turn turn into a werewolf i'm like that's great but i just turn into a werewolf and then i hit things with a melee attack which is the same as any other and it's just sort of like it's good it all works if you enjoy this kind of style of game if you like making choices and that kind of organic gameplay style, then cool, you'll enjoy this. It's it's decent enough. But if you're looking, these are ex-devs from like Dishonored and Prey, if you're looking for that emergent gameplay, like simulation stuff, it just doesn't have that level of depth to it in any of its like different facets. But like I said, it's not bad. I actually had some fun with it. It just, I think it's too long for its own good. Um, and the story doesn't quite keep it going long enough to 
make it interesting across its gameplay. So yeah, I'm kind of a bit mixed on it. I do like it and I would recommend it, but only if you like this style of game. If you don't, then you should probably wait for a discount or see how it holds up. But uh, yeah, so I was a little bit, not disappointed, that'd be the wrong word, but it just didn't grab me as much as I hoped it would. It wasn't as weird as I thought it would be. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it was one I was keen on. And I think Sean as well was quite excited for it too, wasn't he? And Yeah. yeah. I've downloaded it on um, Game Pass, so I'm going to give it a go uh, soon. Oh, yeah, so definitely. I'm... It's a Game Pass game, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> it is one go. of those. <laughs> but, Roscoe, we've come to the main event. Tell us, what what is yours? My game of the week is uh, No Build Fortnite. Um, I want to talk about this Fuck properly. Off. I'm right? not even. I'm not even entertaining this. Shut no, the way that the islands. Shut the fuck up. Shut the way. The way that the island is now. You know, it's a very interesting place because there's ways you can get around the island without having to build other places. Normally, you know, building is great for you know defending and stuff, but it's also beneficial for getting to higher places. Is this really you your game build of the week? Ladders and stuff. No, it's not my game of the <laughs> I'm week. I'm actually <laughs> contemplating leaving the Skype if you don't end this. End the charade now. It's not Skype. <laughs> oh, Fine, we are Zoom, so beyond whatever. Skype. My goodness, <laughs> Skype. Skype. Do it. Um, yeah. Do it. Um, well, shocking absolutely nobody. My game of the week is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. <laughs> um, by some uh, miracle, we got a code on Friday. Um, I'm very grateful to Warner Brothers and Premier Comms for that. That was incredibly nice of you. Thank you very much indeed. I have played it. For about, I want to say 16 hours across three days. I worked for 24 of them. Then I went to the cinema. I'll talk about that later. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing it in like all these little incremental bits. But um, last night and this morning is when I really hammered it. And, oh, my God, this is the best Lego game that's been released in years. This is a revolution. This is something that TT Games have never done before. That's how it feels. It feels brand new, but so familiar at the same time. Um, I was talking to Kat very briefly earlier in the weekend about how different it feels. And it, the biggest difference is, of course, is that it's in third person. So the camera is behind your shoulder rather than kind of like up in the sky watching all of the action go down. And there's something about that that makes it so much more cinematic and so much more epic. Um, there are these massive 3D environments. You can explore every single planet and every single town on that planet is almost recreated you know, to the nth degree. And it's such a wonderful way of exploring Star Wars, really, more than anything. Um, I said in my review, which is available now on thinkinguns.net, if you want to go and have a read, that, you know, the, um, the wonder of it is that TT Games would have had to kind of make some stuff up themselves because there are areas that we just don't see in the films that you could explore in this game. Um, I think that's true of a lot of the Star Wars games, but this one in particular is... Um, obviously, because they're taking from every single film. Um, the biggest one I find is on Acto, obviously from um, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, where uh, Rey discovers Luke Skywalker. In the films, there's not much to that little island that Luke is living on, but in the game, it's like this big bustling village and like a town that you have to walk all the way through to get all the way up to the top. And it's just little bits like that that make it really interesting. And there's just so much game, Miles. There's just so much game in this game. There's too much game. It's over. There's so much game in this game. That, that can't I can't take it. Much. There can't be too much. Surely there can't be too much. You could never have okay. too much. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll rein it in. <laughs> I, I I thought I wasn't going to get this done for today. I, just, I was absolutely convinced. 
because I was like, well, how the how the fuck am I going to play nine games essentially in four days? It, it can't be done. What happened was I played the Phantom Menace. I went, you know, chronological order, obviously. I started with the Phantom Menace and I got it done in about an hour. So I was like, oh, okay. Oh. So that seems, huh. it seems possible now. <laughs> but I guess the key question is, how was Jewel of the Fates? Is that in it? I don't want to spoil that for you. Oh, okay. All right. That, okay. I don't want to spoil that for you. Um, but yeah. So each each film is about an hour. So it's they zoom through each one. Like you zoom through each film and you get all the greatest hits from all of them, even The Rise of Skywalker. They actually found some good bits in that film to recreate in this game, which I found pretty impressive. And each of those moments are obviously the iconic moments from every single film. And those are the ones that they focus on. So you get like an hour, an hour and a half with all of these films, and depending on how you play it. I got stuck in a bit um, on The Last Jedi, uh, which had me stumped for about half an hour um, until I realized um, that I can just press left on the D-pad and all of my problems went away. And so I was a I'd played it for hours and hours at that point. You know what you like when you play games and you get stuck on nothing for no reason whatsoever. And it's such an obvious uh, solution. That was just one of those moments. Um, it's it's just a gloriously overwhelming experience if, if you're a Star Wars fan because it's just pure fan service from beginning to end. It just loves Star Wars and it's a big, massive celebration of the Skywalker saga. And, you know, if rumors are to be believed, uh, TT Games is going to be under the wing of Warner Brothers soon. So this is probably going to be the last Star Wars Lego game. And if that is the case, then they kind of they, they couldn't have gone out on a better one because this is just everything that they've been trying to accomplish for so long in one game. You know, TT Games have been disappeared for what four years, is it? I think since Lego DC Supervillains, something like that, something crazy. And now I get why, you know, <laughs> they've been making this thing. And I, I, I say that, you know, each film is like an hour long in terms of gameplay or an hour, 10, hour, 20, depending on how you play it. But that's still a lot of game. And of course, it's a Lego game. So the game only really opens up when you go free play, when you can re-enter all of these levels and you can play them over and over and over again, looking for your collectibles, upgrading your studs, getting all of the characters, getting all of the ships, visiting all of the planets. You know, Lego Star Wars is a Lego game. It's a TT game. So it expands and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger once the story is done, once you've unlocked enough to get you through the free play and you've got a character for each of the tasks that you need to do in order to recapture the ones that you've missed on the way. And that's what it is. And it's, it is a glorious celebration of Star Wars. It's not perfect. Um, there are moments in it. That I was like, well, that was a weird decision. Well, that was a bit rubbish. Uh, but yeah, um, I still can't get to grips with Lego Star Wars flying. I'm not very good at it anyway. And the only time I've ever been good at it was in Star Wars Squadrons. But yeah, I don't think they, I don't know if it's just me, but they just can't nail the space battles in these Lego games. Um, so that wasn't perfect. There's a bit in, what is it? Attack of the Clones? Um, if you remember where Obi-Wan is chasing down Jango Fett through the asteroid field. And yeah, it's just long and it's just over long. It's overall, it's just long winded. And it's like, oh, just get on with it. I've, I've beaten you now, Jango Fett. Just go away. Uh, but that went on for a while. But other than that, you know, it's a, it is a wonderful piece of work. Um, and I can't wait to actually play it now, to actually play it and enjoy it because I've not enjoyed it really because I've been so stressed about hating the embargo. 
that now I can kick back and just really have a great time with it. And so, yeah, highly recommended. Well done, TT Games. I didn't believe this game was real a year ago. I saw the trailer. I was like, nah, that's never coming out. And here I am. I've already played it. I've already completed it. And it's not even out. So, egg on my face. Thank you very much, CT Games. What a wonderful experience. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. By the time you listen to this, it's out now. So go get it. That was glorious. That was music <laughs> to my ears. It's interesting, isn't it? Considering our topic last week about like, do you enjoy games? And it would have been really interesting to see like, oh, yeah. actually there is sometimes where an embargo can, I guess, like, dull the enjoyment because of such a high profile game like you know lego star wars we don't want to let them down we want to be able to hit that deadline but then does it come at a cost and yeah it's interesting isn't it because we just all spoke last week simply about this topic and then you just said they're like oh actually i can kick back and actually finally really enjoy this game for what it's worth and that doesn't mean that it's taken away any enjoyment it just means that maybe you weren't able to have the space to really love it i mean i said i was i i cruised through each of the films in about an hour but that is because I am steamrolling them through the uh, story. Okay. Um, I didn't do barely any of the side stuff. Um, not the first time around, anyway. Uh, once I got into free play, I did. But yeah, I wanted to get all nine done. And I got Rise of Skywalker finished at quarter to two this afternoon and got the embargo up at, got the review up for quarter to four. For the embargo at 4 p.m. Reviews take me like six hours to write. That is pretty great. That was some shredding the keyboard. I think I was just fresh off it. So I was like, right, I'm ready. Yeah. Click, click fingers. Let's go. Um, But yeah. Oh, man. I'm so happy. And this is going to keep me busy now for months. So. Oh, I'm so excited. Listening to you talk about it, it's just got me fucking hyped. I'm so ready. Go get it, man. Go get it tomorrow. Now, this is pod racing. Oh, the pod racing rules. The pod racing rules. Is that actually good? Yeah, it's really good. Oh, thank God. Gave me, thank God. Gave me proper N64 flashbacks. It was great. Oh, I'm so excited. I can tell by that groan that you just made. Thank Honestly, you. it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that now. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> My spirits will leave you and join yours, Ray. Remember the Rise of Skywalker? That was that was shit, wasn't it? Yeah, we don't we don't think about that anymore. Like I've kind of blotted that out of my mind. I tell you what, it's far more fun to play than it is to watch. I'll bet. Yeah, I think it'll be much more exciting <laughs> when you can roam around doing whatever the hell you want on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, right then, it is quiz time. So it's time to go to our one and only quizmaster, Cat. Oh, that's not completely true. I am I am one of two quizmasters. I'm a quiz mistress, really. No, 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 no. Let's not push that endeavor. <laughs> anyway, are you ready for chaos? So there's a little bit of a footnote with this one. I was kind of hungry this morning, and so <laughs> it starts <Okay>. well, <laughs> and then it just veers off into food-related game questions. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that would make laugh. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you can probably tell how hungry I was based by the end of this quiz, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a cancellation this morning. I was like, I'm going to do the quiz. I'm fucking starving. What could be my theme? And I was like, food. I love food. Uh, and then I was like, no, cat, make make a proper quiz. And so I started making a proper quiz. And I was like, this is boring. I want the food quiz. And so I'll oh, have fucking both. <laughs> so. All right. Oh, boy. What are your buzzers, please? 
Uh, Miles, would you like to go first? Go on then. Get some. Get some food quiz. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, <props. laughs> oh, God. I'm trying really hard to find a Star Wars one, and it's really difficult. <laughs> Please find do it. Uh, I don't just want a lightsaber. Can one you not just find the lightsaber one that Greg had last week? Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to like not do that because it just ruined it last week, didn't it? Ruined it. Last week. <laughs> ruined, ruined it. it. it ruined it by doing it first. Damn it! <laughs> now it's not original. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll do a lightsaber. Whatever, Greg. Never happened. <laughs> yeah. This is okay. my totally original idea. Fab. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. So, no food just yet, but soon. Okay. So, question. God, you sound like an angry mum. I am. I am. (laughs) Dinner's ready in 10 minutes, not now. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, question one To the nearest billion, how much was the games industry market worth at the end of 2021? Ross? Seven. Oh! Yes, I will take it. So 7.19 billion at the end of 2021. Well done. I read that article to you today. You read the news. (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, Question two. Uh, Which game studio's boss stepped down in the last week? Which game studio's boss stepped down in the last week? I know this, I can't remember. Okay, I'm going to give a five second countdown. Five, four, three, two, 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 Take a stab. As soon as you say it, I'm going to be so, so annoyed at myself. Yeah. Any uh, game studio. <laughs> any of them. All any of them. them. Just take a guess. Uh, the initiative? No. So it was Amazon Game Studios. Oh. We didn't count them. Do they even count? Family. Do Amazon hey, count? Lost Ark is pretty good. Oh, yeah. At least they got one right. <laughs> okay, question three. Which prank did the Among Us gameplay on April Fools? Ross? Your characters had horse legs. <laughs> they did have horse legs. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. That was fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what horse legs have got to do with, you know, April Fools or Among Us or Space People or mm. I don't know, but I mean, fine. I mean you know, points for random, you know? It's very strange, because I had um, a Ratchet & Clank um, gear on. I saw that. That's cute. Did you pay Sorry. for that? No, it was free. <gasps> Damn. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Right, we're getting food. I got hungry. I got hungry doing this. Wow, it, wow, it was sooner than I thought, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really enthusiastic about food. So, um, question four. What is Grand Theft Auto's fast food chain? Oh, oh, damn it. No. <laughs> oh, this is actually going to hurt me. Oh. oh, damn it. I've been playing it all week as well. Box. Yeah, oh. I mean, I haven't played I mean, it yeah. in years, but... I was going to say, like, come on, Ross. Come on. 
I bet yeah, Paul's but... listening to this like, oh my god. He's screaming. Like smashing the desk. Do you want a hint? No, I know what it is. Cluck and Bell. It is Cluck and Bell. Yes! I knew it was Cluck! I knew it was Cluck something. I mean, I you, you didn't... Cluck was. I mean, if I was going to be Sean about it, you actually didn't uh, lightsaber yourself. You didn't buzz in, mate. I won't, I won't. I won't. Cluck and Bell. I won't do that. I won't do that. <laughs> no. Okay. Fabulous. Well done, Ross. Okay. So from here on out, I got hungrier, okay? And what that means is that I'm going to name the... <laughs> what? I'm going to name the video game and you are going to tell me what food is best associated with it. Right. Okay? Are please, you ready? Please tell me fruit salad is on here because if it's not, I'm going to riot. No. Because <laughs> oh. I don't think the people that made bug snacks really did associate fruit salad with that game. It was just me. Just well, me. Definitely well, definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. missing, yeah. missing a trick, though. Absolutely, they should really sponsor me to uh, help them out with that. Anyway, yeah. marketing <laughs> campaign 101. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Remember to buzz in. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. Ross. Mushrooms. Yes, well done. Uh, question six Streets of Rage. Brilliant. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. What? what is brilliant about this? Have you not played these games? Are they too old for you? No, of course I haven't played Streets of Rage. Right. Came out before I was born. Well, that's a you problem. Ross. It is a me problem, but I also can't <laughs> help it for this that's, quiz. That is a you problem, sir. <laughs> it is a me problem. There's nothing I can do about, about that. <laughs> Ross? Roast chicken. Oh, fuck yeah. Smashing it, bud. Smashing oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, question I seven. can't even draw now. Oh, he's already won. <laughs> Nope, yeah, well, it's fun still anyways. Let's see how much you get fucked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Is it fun? It's fun for me. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Might be fun for everyone else listening, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, everyone else can enjoy it. Maybe one person slapped. feels sorry for you. I don't know. I don't think it will, let's be honest. I'm, I'm getting slapped deservedly. <laughs> okay, or well, maybe you'll get this one. Uh, question seven, Portal. Oh, <laughs> oh. Lego, uh, Lego Roscoe, what is it? Lemons. No. Well, yeah, it is. No. There's lemons in Portal 2. There might be lemons, but there's also something else that's a little bit more associated. Um, Miles. Cake. It's yes, a lie. it is a cake. Oh, yeah, cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. Cake is a lie. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Miles um, had to get one, didn't he? Jesus. Yeah, at least yeah, I got yeah, one yeah. point. At least I'm not on nil. You texted him that one, nice. really, didn't you, Ross? He did, he did. yeah. He yeah. purposely got it wrong for me. I paid yeah, him 10 quid for that. That's love right there. God, I'm such a good yeah. guy. You are. You're just the <laughs> nicest person. Uh, question <laughs> eight: Pac-Man. Ross. What does he eat? Is it just? It's not necessarily what he eats, but pizza? it's yeah. Well done. Nice. Because he is a pizza, so people people think he's cheese, but he's not. What? He's based. He's based. He was supposed to. He's based on the look of like taking a slice out of pizza. Look it up. It's fact. Anyway. It's fact. It's a fact. Fact, fact, fact. Epic. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see if uh, you get the next one. Uh, question nine. Pokemon Sword and Shield. I mean, I've not played either of those games. So I mean, I'm not sure how old, um, did I even need to turn up for this quiz, really? <laughs> well, yeah, you've played GTA. You've played Portal. You've played Streets of Rage. I, have, I haven't played Streets of Rage. <laughs> yes, you have. You, you've played it with your friend. Oh, yeah. i played it for like five minutes. And he carried me, to be fair. Yeah, well. Okay. Anyone want to take a stab? No. God, what a whiny little bitch, Marzis. I know. He's such a fucking bad loser, isn't he? Oh, my God. It's oh, my really God. Awkward. It's really awkward for everyone involved. <laughs> really awkward winning so hard. Yeah. 
It must be awful. <laughs> you want to take a rock? Uh, do you want to take a Ross? Do you want to take a? I do want to take a Ross at it. <laughs> <laughs> want to take a stab at it, Ross? Sure. Ross. Uh, Zinger Tower Burger. <laughs> oh my God! How did you get it? Oh God! I didn't know KFC were involved in Pokemon so highly. That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, no, think more broad. Oh, vegan burger. <laughs> <laughs> trees uh no um no the answer is, uh, miles would you like a stab pomegranates when i said broader <laughs> you thought pomegranates yep okay well this is why you don't win the quiz it is okay, yep. i tried to give you a hint <laughs> this is why you failed yep. pomegranates. Mm-hmm. uh the answer was curry yeah, yeah i definitely wouldn't have got with that <laughs> anyway uh and last but not least but oh man, I thought that was it. God. No, 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 last one. No, last go get one my is are you ready? Yep. Fallout. Or the Fallout series. There's loads of food in Fallout. Though. Okay, fine. Uh okay. <laughs> Hint. It's a drink. <gasps> get some. So sorry, Miles Ross was oh, first. <sighs> Cola. Uh, okay, what's it called though? Nuka Cola. Oh done. Well done. Well, so I think I did really well. After all of that, Miles won. No, I'm kidding. You didn't. Uh, so- <laughs> I got the one question that mattered. All the rest were fakes. Yeah. Okay, well That's how the quiz works. Fakes. Uh, Ross, you are legend. You got seven, mate. Oh, oh this right. is my weekend, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Lego Star Wars. It's channeling through you. Oof. You have unlimited power. Unlimited <laughs> power. I am the Senate. Itty bitty living space. Oh, that's actually Aladdin. Never mind. <laughs> Are you all hungry now? I'm hungry again. A little bit, yeah. I'm not actually. I just I ate smash a curry. What did you have? A Tower Zinger burger? I didn't know. <laughs> Fun story. I lost my uh, I lost my debit card on Friday, and so I've had no money all weekend because oh. they cancelled it. And so then I'm you immediately not, found it. Don't been able to access my money, and so all I've been eating is stuff from my uh, from my kitchen, like a proper human being who doesn't spend money on takeaways every night. I play, I play. You've had to learn to cook in the last few days, then. Yeah, you had, so she had toast. Yeah. <laughs> today I had, um, I had a tuna pasta with ravioli. Ooh. Damn! All right. Ravioli can no, not ravioli. Um, the the streaky pasta. What's it called? Tagliatelle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Very different from ravioli. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, that was the quiz, guys. Well done. Oh yeah. Well done, mate. Well played. Oh yeah. Thanks, man. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> so. Well done, Ross. That's my really bad Yoda impression. Um, thank you very much, cats. Okay, and in news, we got to start off with something a little bit, uh, a little bit downbeat. But you know, we will hopefully get some good chat out of it. E three twenty twenty two has been officially cancelled, my friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. According to an email that's been sent to various industry partners, uh, this is on VGC. Mr. Jordan Midler writes, Razor PR lead Will Powers tweeted that he has received an email from ESA saying that E3 Digital is officially cancelled in 2022. The ESA has issued a statement on the cancellation. We will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. It went on to confirm its intentions to hold an event next year. Quote, we look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world 
live from Los Angeles in 2023. Um, it kind of goes on like that, but um, I mean, E3 hasn't really been E3 for a long time, uh, even before COVID. Um, E3 has been showing signs of kind of dwindling. Developers and publishers are taking themselves out of it, doing their own events. So maybe it's not that surprising. But um, Miles, are you uh, are you sad that the E3 train will not be will not be running this year? You know what? I actually am. I think if you'd have asked me maybe like three or four years ago, I don't think I'd have been that fussed. But especially last year when we did all those podcast reactions, I think that played like a big part in like my enjoyment of it. Like it just made me a lot more enthusiastic and then coming on and talking about it and, you know, sharing the hype with other people. I think that's what E3 is all about of, you know, they announce all these games, they show off trailers, you know, we get to see lots of stuff that's upcoming. And it's nice to share that with other people who you know are all there to get excited as well. And I think E3 has a lot of problems in terms of some of the showcases go on way too long. You know, we talked about it, you know, last time where some of the showcases did not need to be their own showcase. They did not need to be as long as they were. I mean, Jeff Keighley's always annoying, as we know. And there's lots of like fluff and filler in it. And I feel like a big, you know, step forward they could have taken would have been to cut out a lot of the the useless guff that's in it and I think that would have gone a long way to helping people be more immersed in it as well and it's obviously had issues with you know what gets shown at E3 isn't realistic of what the games then tend to be when they come out so it's definitely got its issues but like I said it's just such a community thing and it's like the one time of year where everybody as you know who identifies as a gamer or just enjoys playing video games and just wants to get excited about all the games that we've got to look forward to. It's that one time a year where we can all just kind of get really excited and just really enjoy it, like together as a community. And I think that's a real shame to lose because you don't get that much opportunity as a hobby. It can be quite a an isolated or like a single person focused thing. So to not have that opportunity this year, I think will be a shame. I do, I'm assuming other conferences and other publishers and whatever are going to step in and do their own showcases and stuff. So we'll probably have some form of like, an event but I just don't think it will feel the same and yeah I feel that's just a bit of a shame to lose out on I know it's had its issues and it's had a dwindling kind of appreciation but I just like the eventness of it it just makes it feel fun and exciting and you know as much as I'm quite cynical about a lot of what we see it's fun sometimes to just let loose and just you know get carried away in the hype train for a week and then kind of come back to reality afterwards but yeah, I think I'll, I'll miss it this year. And um, I'm hoping that there'll be other things that step in to fill the void, I think. Hey, Miles, what did you make of the Ubisoft conference? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. I, I mean, mean yeah. yeah, there is going to be stuff on this summer. Um, we will see more of Jeff Keighley than we probably want to, I'd imagine. Ugh. Uh, you know how it goes. That's, that's upsetting. Um, the summer game fest is you know it's gaining momentum and mm. it may replace e3 you never know by this rate yeah um, we had the indie showcase last time as well was that the summer game fest or is that the what was it called well we had the summer game fest we had the future game show um i mean there was loads wasn't there there was yeah tons it was hard to keep up with them all it was and there was that massive indie showcase which i think again you know with e3 maybe disappearing it gives smaller games publishers organizations the chance to shine mm. again which is never a bad thing no absolutely but that's the thing about e3 all of this is contained mm. you know um it is contained in like a four-day event and now the e3 is kind of 
not really happening or doing its own thing. There are so many events across like two weeks that it's like, wait, what, what? Another one now? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. it, it did feel like that last year, wasn't it? We were coming off a podcast like, shit, this is like the fourth one in a row. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was just one after another. Um, I mean, I'm sure the big guys have already started planning their showcases. And so E3 being cancelled isn't really going to affect them. They'll just go, hey, we're at Square Enix. Here's our showcase for June the 19th or whatever. Mm. And, um, you know, th- these things will still happen like they did last year. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what E3 is anymore now that yeah. publishers have found their own way and it must be so much cheaper for them as well to do it that way i think the loss of sony in particular was a massive hit of you know when you had sony and microsoft and all the big publishers there you know you had the biggest games that everybody tunes in to see and to find out more about and you know losing that i think was just a big factor in it it just doesn't feel the same when you've got everyone branching off and taking away chunks of the limelight you know and the audiences and almost kind of competing yeah yeah, E3 is um once PlayStation once PlayStation left E3, I think that gave the impetus to other developers go, we don't need E3 either, actually. Yeah, you can kind of survive yeah. without the the big thing of it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Kat, how do you feel? Are you tinged with sadness or um well I think I've said a few times about the fact that I think this whole shebang is a bit ridiculous considering PlayStation just fucked off and just like, and then was like, no, we're not going to be part of your thing anymore because we don't want to be part of your thing, even though we're doing the exact same thing, but just like three months later. Okay, goodbye. And it's just like, I'm not sad. It's, you know, there's still going to be other stuff on. I think, did I really, really enjoy the online E3? Yeah, I loved the pods every day. Um, I loved the roundup. It was like, it was fun and exciting to see what's what. It is a shame they're not doing it online, especially if they've cancelled the in-person E3 and then they've decided to completely scrap the digital. I, I think this is the beginning of the end for E3. I don't think this is going to be something that they're going to, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I'm struggling to see why they feel they would want to come back in, mm. you know, 2023 when we've had quite a few years now of it being online and and then they had it not at all. I, th- I think it's just a, str- a bit strange because, you know, the, the state of plays and the Microsoft showcases, you know, everyone's just doing their own thing now. And it's gotten to the point where, like, there is no togetherness in it and I think E3 highlights that the most because every single year now it's a talking point oh well yeah E3 is cool but like it's not so about PlayStation and Microsoft going head to head do you know what I mean so it's like oh it'd be obvious that Microsoft is is going to take the lead there and it's just yeah it's a shame it is a shame but I think this is the beginning of the end mm. It would have been nice to see, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe they've decided to cancel it because of the amount of, um, I guess, backlog they had from COVID and things like that. And maybe 2023 will, will, you know, they'll they'll put an amazing show of what they have and what they've been able to catch up with themselves and delays, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yeah. I I mean, they did say they're going to present, you know, they're going to do a 2023 one, I guess we'll see, because they also said that they would see us next year, last year. So <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I'm not heartbroken, but I'm not surprised either. Yeah. I mean, that's all I talk about, you know, the days of when Microsoft and PlayStation sort of went head to head, you know, that was E3 to me. To me, that was what E3 was all about. 
was those massive stage conferences that was done by Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo sort of way back in the day. And, you know, Ubisoft's, even though they're full of games, that half of them still haven't come out. Um, the last Ubisoft stage presence, they had Just Dance, they had Skull and Bones, they had Beyond Good and Evil 2. Neither of them are out yet. <laughs> and this was like 2017, I want to say. Um, it started with a giant panda on the stage doing the Just Dance dance. I can't remember when it was. But it was those moments where like, you tune in for E3 because E3 just is just awesome. And it's such a great thing to kind of uh, enjoy communally, like, like Miles said. And over time, we have lost that, I think. And it is a shame. But it's not like we're losing the events or the games. They're just different now. You know, last year when we were pumping out podcasts every single day because there was a different showcase every day, I don't think that's going to change this year. I think um, there might there might be a, a different structure to it. People might go first and then go second and third in, in a different order maybe, but I don't think there's going to be much different because people are still going to want to showcase their games in some form. And so, you know, E3 as a show... You know, I I still haven't been. I'd love to go one day. That would be that would be amazing. But it probably won't ever happen because E3 seems to be dying very very slowly, and it seems to be dragging its carcass to the end. Like we can do a show, we can put on another, a live show again. I said, well, can you can you really do it? Because it's been obviously I know COVID got in the way for two years, but I don't think anyone's missing it. You know, and so it's going to be um it's going to be a a weird thing this year that Ethan's not around, but yeah, we'll have the summer game fest. We'll have we'll have the big publisher showcases. So I think we'll be okay. We'll just it just won't be all a nice contained four days. It will just be stretched out across two weeks like it was last time. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe one day we'll all get to E3. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that'd be the dream, wouldn't it? Just. <laughs> But it's weird that they allow the public in for two years and then they go quiet for three years and now they've cancelled it. Yeah, I yeah. find that really interesting. <laughs> there was the they obviously had that big security screw up as well, didn't they? Where all everyone's like details and data got released somehow, or they like unlocked a part of the website that people shouldn't have been able to get onto. So I think the security side of it was a big factor in its uh, issues as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. They um they leaked what like Greg Miller and all these people's details and stuff. Yeah, like the entire like attendance list. It was like their phone numbers, like all sorts in terms of like yeah, all their personal details. Yeah, I should I should have looked that up. I would have got Greg Miller's address. <laughs> Send him a cake. Send him a little letter, like hello. Send him a nice big cake with a middle finger on it, saying "Screw you, Greg Miller. Love Ross. Don't like you. Thanks, Ross. <laughs> no reason at all. Just bye." Uh, all right then let's talk about sony and acquisitions because these two weeks well the last two weeks we've had lots of lots of rumors about sony acquiring people firstly it was konami secondly it was from software then it was square enix then it was sega i think it was sega and of course none of them have happened yet uh, because it's all just hearsay and there was a lot of talk about playstation going really big last week um obviously they revealed spartacus you can hear us talk about spartacus on the previous podcast in a DLC episode, so go and check that out if you want to hear us talk about Spartacus. Probably will again in a minute because we've got another topic that's very similar to it. But Sony acquisitions, and it's that time of year again where we go, who do you want Sony to buy? And I love this one because we just round it, at least do it at least once a year. It's great. Cat, it's that time again. Who do you want Sony to buy? Um, 
I mean, it's always going to be Sega, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's 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 flawed. What I, who I think they've bought is from software because mm. you know that's just that's just my that's just my thing. Bloodborne was PlayStation exclusive. You've got the the hype of Elden Ring. I think Sony would jump on that pretty quickly before maybe Microsoft do. Uh, Microsoft have got a massive acquisition the last year, so <laughs> I, I think that Sony might just pull some punches. Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 I think Elden Ring has done too well on Steam and Windows, though. But they thing. might still give them that, like they've said. You know, like um, like Microsoft have said, like COD will still play on all platforms but so they might still say okay well the big ones but you know it'll be timed exclusive it'll be this it'll be that you know mm. um there's definitely ways around it isn't there um yeah but i guess that's the name of the game now isn't it it's kind of like started this almost like secret race between <laughs> who's got the most money and who wants to be bought uh maybe square enix they'll, they'll buy as well maybe they're, they're gonna link in the square i uh, wouldn't be surprised if they linked in the square somehow to do something i don't know but my, my biggest guess is from software maybe konami i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> but my, my biggest guess is from software yeah i i don't know i mean it would be huge mm-hmm. that would be, that would be killer um because everyone loves Elden ring who plays it um, well exactly mostly. and i think that would be quite like the the, the the butt punch <laughs> the middle finger to be like right well you're gonna buy you know because when you look at bandicoot you look at drag you look at spyro they're all playstation first and, like, yeah. and you know that was rug swept that was like you know like like dinner table blanket just pulled under all the plates um and i do wonder you know is him kind of releasing that information just kind of like a bit of a warning to be like, don't worry, like we've got partnerships, don't worry about it. Like mm. you think we're scared of you know Microsoft and their Activision? No, no, no. And I think they will come and, and it will be all of very quick. Of you know, I don't think he'd say that and hype that unless it was someone quite big. Yeah, I'd love it to be Annapurna. That'd be fucking sick. And I need to get the shit together first, though. Stop standing up for their stuff. But anyway, <laughs> um, but, yeah, my guess is from software. Make straight a PlayStation exclusive, damn it. <laughs> you still, like, still salty about Spyro and Crash, aren't you? You still salty about it? I'm all I'm saying. Still hurts. I'm, it does hurt, you know. That purple dragon. That's my best bud, dude. That's my best bud. And, you know, Wumpa Wumpa Fruit. And I just, I, it's going to be a really sad day if that shit's exclusive to Xbox because that would, that would fuck. Suck. That would really suck. It won't, it won't take long. Spyro 4, exclusive to Xbox. Oh, Cat's got an Xbox. Okay. <laughs> that was no, easy. Cat won't have an Xbox. Like, I just, oh, it just it makes me feel so sad inside that that could be a possibility. And then everyone is just running around catching gems and, and you know, tackling sheep and talking to sparks. Oh, just no, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with heartbreak. Fuck you, Microsoft. Won't even have a platinum. It will just have a 1,000 Gs. I know. And do you know what? Do you know what? That's been like, oh, we'll make COD, ex- you know, we'll give COD to the other COD. No, fuck COD. I want the purple <laughs> dragon. A border COD. We get it. Like, make it every year. No one fucking cares. We care about the purple dragon. We care about the bandicoot. That was PlayStation's like iconic frontliners, and you stole them. 
You didn't even steal them. You bought them out right fair and square, but you stole them from my heart. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Anyway, from software is my guess. What is your guess? Um, I'm I'm sorry for bringing that up, ladies and gentlemen. I evidently opened a wound there that I thought was <laughs> long closed. Yikes. Um, Miles, where do you see Sony going with their acquisitions? Um, I do actually agree with Kat. I think FromSoft are a good shout, simply because they have the ties from having made Bloodborne and the director talked about how Sony were a really good partner for that game and how they basically gave them carte blanche to make whatever they wanted. Um so I think there's potential there. I think Elden Ring's success makes it more difficult because, like you said, it's a multi-platform game that sold like hotcakes across every platform. But I don't think that would necessarily prevent it from happening. And I think, you know, if Sony could secure it, Sony are quite happy to release games on PC now. So it's not going to alienate a massive amount of its player base because um, a lot of Souls players are on PC. So yeah, I think from software are a good shout and they're the kind of developer where they're not too big. So they're not going to be, you know, insanely expensive to get, but it's going to bring a quality studio under their belt who they know are going to churn out, you know, banger after banger in terms of the games. And you bring the whole Souls community under your umbrella, which as much as they are uh, an interesting bunch, you know, they're very dedicated and they love these, these series and these games. So you're guaranteed a solid income. And if they make another Elden Ring for you, you're golden. Um, I think Konami and Capcom are really good shouts as well. Konami especially just don't care about their AAA franchises and IPs. You know, they've talked about getting back into it, but, you know, they just, they've shown quite clearly their focus, like the organization, the company side of it is focusing on pachinko machines and things that make money on a much more like, macro level they're not bothered about really insanely expensive triple a games they definitely don't want to have another Hideo Kojima spending 90 million to make Metal Gear Solid 5 again so I think if Sony were to approach them and say you know sell us your triple a talent and all of your IPs and we'll take this on and you keep your Pratinka machines and whatever else you know it it makes sense because then they get a raft of quality titles there's established IPs that they can resurrect and give to their studios and you know you're going to get like I'd love to see the Silent Hills properly made, you know, by a Sony studio that knows what they're doing and has all the quality and talent and the support behind it that Sony would give them. Yeah, I think Capcom as well is another one. They've had those ties and those kind of links before. Um, Capcom have got, again, a bunch of dormant IPs. They've got a load of stuff under their belt, which we know sells, we know is popular. Devil May Cry will get another game, which is what I want. So I'm all good with that. And you get, a series of Monster Hunter World, which or Monster Hunter in general, which is, you know, having a complete renaissance in terms of its popularity, you know, in the West. Uh, so I think those studios kind of make the most sense because they've got loads of IPs that they can, I don't want to say exploit because that's the wrong word, but they can help to foster and grow and develop. And they're guaranteed to have a fan base, a community behind them that will buy them. So, yeah. And also, if you think about the previous games, all of those lineups would fit perfectly with Spartacus or PlayStation Plus, whatever it's going to be now. So they can bring all those games in, add them all onto the system. It's a bunch of extra games that people love. You know, it just makes sense. Um, Square Enix, I think, is an, more of an outsider shout. I'm not certain that Square Enix as a publisher need to be bought. So whether they would want to be purchased and go under Sony's umbrella, I'm not certain of. But I don't think it would be a bad move. I think they make very good games. 
but whoever's dealing with the expectations on how those games should sell and perform is completely out of whack. And I think them being taken over by Sony will just give them that extra boost to, you know, make those games that little extra quality that they need to be big hitters rather than, you know, some of the fluff that we've had this year from them. You know, Square Enix are just almost shitting out games at the moment and hoping one of them's gold and the rest are kind of just crap. So yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see that, but I think Square Enix is less of a, of a shout. I think they're a bit more of an expensive purchase, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Sony have got because they've spent a lot already in terms of the acquisitions they've already made with Bluepoint and you know Bungie and everything else. So it's kind of, I guess, Sony's probably looking at where the holes in their portfolio are and they're probably going to try and fill that, I'd imagine. So yeah, I think Capcom or uh, Konami or maybe even Kojima Productions, maybe you know Hideo wants to do his Silent Hills game and maybe they'll just buy out Konami's IP and get Kojima back and then Bob's your uncle. Mars has been dreaming a lot, ladies and gentlemen. I have, and I want my Metal Gear remake, so just please <laughs> just give me my fucking Metal Gear remake. Just take Konami, take Metal Gear, and just make the remake. Just give it to Bluepoint. They'll do it. They'll do a perfect job of it. Just mm. do it. Make it happen. They've already got Bluepoint. Yeah. Wow. Someone's living on a cloud. I am. Yeah, I'm living in high optimistic land, and it's not going <laughs> to happen, but you know me. I love to be disappointed, so you know. <laughs> well, Hideo is very quiet at the moment about what he's working on, so who knows? If by the end of the year we get either a Metal Gear announcement or a Silent Hills announcement, that would be pretty wild. I mean... If I get the Metal Gear, I am going to literally implode. I will combust. <laughs> so they don't even need to buy Konami. They just need to buy the rights of those IP, don't they, really? <laughs> yeah, they can just take the IPs off them and then take all their AAA talent, and there you go. Yeah. It's easy. Just do yeah. it. It's it's really easy, guys. Come on. Just, just <laughs> for God's sake, just make it happen. <laughs> just do it already. Miles, first day as the PlayStation CEO. Right. I have a plan. <laughs> I would lead that company into the ground. I'd be like, I don't care. Like, put all of your money into Capcom and Konami and just get Dino Crisis and Metal Gear. That's all we need. And they'd be like, this is a terrible investment. I'm like, I know. Do it anyway. <laughs> I want to play it. Get on with it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Uh, see, I think I think Square Enix is a good shout. Um, they need to take the head of their ass. I think PlayStation will make them realize that not every game needs to sell 50 million copies for it to be considered a success. Um, I think that's their biggest problem right now is that they keep shitting on their developers because they're like, oh, didn't sell, didn't sell, didn't sell. Well, it did, didn't it? Guardians did all right. Tomb Raider did all right. It's fine. Calm down. Um, I think uh, Sony will kind of bring them back down to ground, uh, down to sort of like a ground level and make them realize that they don't need to be so over ambitious. Um, so that could be quite interesting. Um, From Software, I think is probably the most likely Japanese developer, you know, obviously Konami and Sega are as well, but, and Capcom. So it can mean, oh, fucking, it could be any of those, couldn't it really? I don't know. Um, any of those big guys, I mean, I don't know. Do PlayStation really need to do this? Do they really need to combat this Activision acquisition? Because their developers speak for themselves, right? Don't they? Yeah. I mean, the Bungie one I thought made sense because they need a competitor to Halo in the FPS, but that's not even going to be exclusive. So, yeah, because yeah. even Capcom's and Konami's and Square Enix's lineups, they're all quite similar in styles or they've got versions of it in-house already. So, yeah. It's very strange. It's very strange. Um, but, yeah. Acquiring stuff seems to be the fun thing to do at the moment for all these big publishers. So I just hope that they're uh, that they do the right ones and 
you know, Activision is still still not even finalized. They're still going through the courts, for God's sake. You know, that's uh, it still feels like a long way off. So, you know, Sony could gobble up two or three developers in that time. So we'll see. But yeah, very interesting stuff as ever. Uh, right, finally, 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 we have Sony could be, could be, could be working on PS3 emulation. Now, if you have listened to our uh, Spartacus podcast that we did last week, um, you'll know that there's PlayStation 1, 2, 4, and 5, and PSP downloads coming to PlayStation Plus if you buy it at a certain tier, but not PS3. Namely because PS3 was an absolute bastard to develop for, and they just can't work out how to get those games onto PS5 without some uh, serious jiggery-pokery. But it looks like there's every chance it may just happen-ish. Um, I'm going to read again from uh, VGC. Uh, Mr. Andy Robinson, the editor over there. Sony Interactive Entertainment could be working to bring PlayStation 3 games to PlayStation 5 without the requirement to stream them over the internet. That's according to VentureBeat journalist Jeff Grubb, whose sources have reportedly indicated that behind the scenes, Sony could be working on an emulation solution for PS3 games on PS5. This is for the PlayStation Plus upcoming tiers for the PlayStation PS2, PS3, and PSP generations. PS3 is streaming only. While the majority of the games will be available to download and play for the PS5 via emulation, Sony confirmed that PS3 games will only be available during stream uh, via cloud streaming. Sorry. Reading too fast, according to VentureBeats Grub, however, the service could eventually receive PS3 emulation similar to the other retro systems it's set to support. Since talking about it all week, I've looked, I've asked, it sounds like Sony might be working on emulation of a PS3 on PS5. It may take some time. I wish they could come out and tell us that. Tell us that you, if you care about this stuff, because that is what was missing from the PS Plus announcement. To me, it seemed like they didn't care about any of it. They just slapped it together, put a new name on it, and sold it. While this hasn't been stated publicly, the consensus is that due to the unique architecture of the PS3 and its infamous cell processor, emulating the system within the PS5 and software in the same way that the Xbox Series X emulates on Xbox 360 would be incredibly difficult. However, fans aren't convinced. Shocker. YouTube and developer at Night Dave Studios Modern Vintage Games tweeted in the wake of the week's announcement that emulating the PS3 on PS5 was absolutely possible, but that Sony has never been interested in investing in millions to make it happen. Currently, many places take plenty. Oh my God, Ross, calm down. Currently, many classic PlayStation games are currently only playable natively on the PS3, including Metal Gear Solid 4 and entries in the infamous Resistance, Ratchet and Clank, and Killzone series. So, you know, that's all that's really available. Uh, so it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens here. Um, Miles, does this fill you with a, a tinge of excitement that it yeah. may actually be possible? Yeah, I think so. I, to be honest, the reaction to PlayStation's um, announcement of Spartacus or Place Plus now, whatever it is, um, it's actually been quite negative. You know, I've been following quite a bit around it and there's been a lot of backlash about it, not having day one exclusives on there. You know, we talked about it previously, but I said, you know, this wasn't going to be a competitor in that market. And Sony were quite clear that that was going to be the case of they don't want to undermine the sales of their biggest hitter games. So I don't think that was ever an expectation for me, but I think people were expecting them to come out and directly try and compete with Microsoft's, you know, everything's day one. So yeah, there was a bit of a furore around that. And then I was surprised to see the, the PS3 conversation because lots of people were mad that they weren't going to be downloadable. And then you said it almost originally, Russ, I think you put it on the Slack almost straight away of, 
you know, it was just a bastard to develop for. It was an absolute nightmare. It's so well documented that the PS3 was just the worst thing to develop games on. And that's why the 360 always outperformed it, even on multi-platform games. And actually the, the developers who managed to get the most out of the PS3, you know, you look at Killzone 2 today, it still looks absolutely stunning, even though it came out years ago on tech that's now, you know, outdated and whatever. But when you could maximize what it was doing, it looked unreal. And so the issue with trying to get it, you know, emulatable in the PS5 probably is a significant problem. But I think there's a fair balance between, you know, Sony are probably rushing the service out sooner rather than later because they need a subscription service to at least generate some of the profits that Microsoft is seeing from it and to have an alternative version. But also, you know, because of rushing that, they clearly weren't able to get the PS3 emulation working yet. And so hopefully they are just going to bring it in down the line. But I kind of agree when people say, why didn't you just take longer and have it all available from the off? But then for me, I guess I'm kind of the mind of, I'd rather have access to all of those games earlier and have the PS3 games later. But I think the PS3 had some really classic games on there. And I think people are upset that they're not going to get access to those straight away or, you know, Sony haven't been communicative with it. And Kat, I know last year you were really critical of Sony quite rightly for not being open in their communication and keeping things to themselves and almost kind of just being a bit arrogant, like assuming that, oh, we'll do it when we get to it and they'll just wait, you know, they won't care. And actually with this, there's no reason why they haven't said, you know, we've done a PS3 at launch, but we're going to work on that. You know, it'll come in so many months or it might even be a year, but it is on the way we're working on it. That's the long-term plan. There's no need to confirm, you know, we're going to have it done by this date and time. They could have said, you know, we are working on it and we'll have it done as soon as we can, but it will take a few months or a year or whatever. People would have been cool. That's fine. At least then we know, we know it's coming. We know the roster of games will be there. So yeah, I think on Sony's part, it's a bit of a fumble. You know, they have kind of thrown this together a little bit and said, there we go. It's coming in June. It's going to release. It'll work. It'll be fine. And everyone's kind of going, yeah, but how is it going to work? Like with the subscriptions transferring over, what's going to happen with PS3 emulation? And, you know, Sony have just kind of dropped the ball on giving the finer details so that people can have some clarity of what they're getting from this service. But, you know, if it is true, and I really hope it is, I'm really excited for it because there are PS3 games that I didn't get to play back in the day and I'd like to be able to go back and play them. And, you know, if we ever do get a Metal Gear remake, I want to be able to go and play that and play all the previous ones as well. Oh my think. God, dude, just I, get over it. Man. I know, I know. I live in dreamland. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I'm hopeful. But yeah, I think Sony could be doing much better. And I think Kat's point last year that she made was very fair. And, you know, it's another example of Sony being a bit up their own ass about it, I think. Yeah. And they continue to do so because there's still so many questions about this PS Plus thing. Yeah. And, you know, Kat's a great question. You know, Kat's teared up for another couple of years. What does that do to her subscription? Mm. You know, what is it? It doesn't, there's still things that they still haven't answered. And the PS3 thing, yeah, you're right. They could have just said, yeah, it's it's streaming for now. But, hey, guys, guess what? We're working on it. You know, and that's that, that would have been a really cool thing. Like, oh, finally, they're finally getting around to that. And you know, weirdly, and that, like, do you remember in 2014 when they joked about, you know, they were quite, anything that they'd fallen short on, they kind of joked quite openly about it. When Microsoft said about having pre-owned games or whatever, or not having that available, they made like a little video just making a joke about that you could do that. And I thought, you could have done this here. You've done this before, where you Mm -hmm. could have just made a joke of, yeah, we developed a console that was a nightmare. So we're uh, taking our time on making it work on PS5. And everyone would have been like, ha ha, funny, cool, crack on. Like, you could have diffused all of that. 
Yeah, it's Jim Ryan, man. Jim Ryan. He's no yeah, fun. Yeah, no, he's he's a bit of a bore, isn't he? I miss Sean Layden. Yeah, legend. Sean Layden was a gamer, you know? Yeah, Jim he, Ryan's he just us. a businessman, you know? He's, just... <laughs> he's a suit. <laughs> yeah. Sean Layden was like, hey, let's make a funny video with... Uh... What was it? Oh, I was on a roll then. Now it's gone. Never mind. I'll cut this out. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, PlayStation are in a weird phase right now, and um, it's it's almost as if the PS3 era arrogance is going to come back a bit after the success of the PS2. Um, and that was something that we have been a bit worried about on this podcast for sure. Um, Kat, where are you? Where are you at the moment with that? Is that the PS3 stuff? Is it too late, or is it good news for the years to come? Um. I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on about what what I said last year, but I think it's a good point to bring. It's just another, it's just another example of them not being very communicative, considering it's also in June. Also, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice if they had PS3 games to be emulated, but I mean, has anybody got any really, really burning PS3 games that haven't been remastered? Yeah, Metal Gear Rising. <laughs> Okay, fine. Apart from Miles, <laughs> you have one game that you're waiting on for Sony. Today. I, I, play, I play Killzone 2 again. Oh. Okay. If, no, two. If, um, if uh, Sony were to uh, remake Warhawk for PS5, Paul will possibly shit a unicorn. <laughs> what, you okay. just switch between GTA 5 and Warhawk? That, that will be his life. That is all he'll ever need. <laughs> Never play anything else again. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. So I mean, like, it is what it is, really, isn't it? Like, I don't, it's it's a bit strange they haven't said either or. And I, I agree with Miles. Like, why? Um, like, why would you? Why would you? Oh, it just it's it's classic Sony, isn't it? It's like, why would you not say anything? And then this could be, couldn't be. Like, I guess it's like clout, isn't it? Like this whole speculation between it. It's more clout for Sony, but Sony are of the, I guess, assumption that it doesn't really matter either way because we'll pay for it. Mm, it's just, yeah, little clarification, Sony. That'd be nice. Um, then we won't have to have this discussion every single week when it pops up. Um, because, you know, Sony being uncommunicative becomes news. And that's what we end up discussing. And they really need to kind of uh, step up, I think, and uh, get that sorted. But this is good news for PS3 emulation. You know, I remember the days of when Xbox uh, figured it out for the Xbox One and you could emulate 360 games. And not just 360 games, but the original Xbox games as well. And they had a massive E3 about it. And it was it was awesome. It was a great announcement. And, you know, they're continuing to do that with, uh, with, with the uh, series. You can just put a bloody any Xbox game in there now, basically, and, and it will play. It's great. And that's, I think, something that Sony do want to um, emulate, for want of a better word. So we'll see. But, you know, yeah, the PS3 was notoriously bad to develop for, so it's going to take a long, long time. We shall see what happens next. Anyway, let's get to our recommendations. This is where we've seen something throughout the week that we think we want to share with you, our dear listener, whether it be a book, a TV show, a comic book, a game, a pair of shoes, or a pair of sandals. Who knows? Kat, do you want to go first? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> because I don't really have a recommendation. Because every single time I've had a recommendation, we forget to do recommendations, and I forget my recommendation. And then every time we've done one, I'm like, shit, what was my recommendation from the other day? Um, so 
I will. I will do one quickly. Uh, My recommendation, uh, going on my DLC podcast, because I found an alternative, my recommendation is Coke Zero, because it tastes exactly like Coke when you have COVID. I don't have COVID right now. (laughs) But for all of you that missed it, you'll have to go back to the DLC podcast. Uh, But in response to that, in finding an alternative, Coke Zero. That's my recommendation. It tastes like real Coke. To me, anyway, I could be lying. Wow. Um, yeah. Who knew? That, who knew? Who knew? Coke Zero is really good. Coke Zero Cherry is also very good. Yes, yes. And Coke Pepsi. Um, it's all good stuff. I'm far too addicted to fizzy drinks. Uh, Miles, your recommendation for the week? Uh, mine is Archer, which is a animated TV show on Netflix. It's really good. Uh, I very rarely watch series twice, um, but I've watched Archer two and a bit three times and i discovered that there's two more seasons out so i've been watching that again and it's just really funny it's like a massive riff on the whole 007 spy movie like suave thing where you've got like this character who is supposed to be very suave cool and collected and everything else and calls himself the greatest spy on earth um but he's just hilariously stupid and idiotic and funny as hell um and the whole show is just ridiculous um but just in a really entertaining way it's just really fun to watch they're only 20 minutes long so they're easy just to sit down and watch a couple and then move on with your life you know and yeah i just i really recommend it if you're into like adult cartoon humor type stuff it's it's perfect excellent yeah it's been around for a while isn't it now Archer? yeah i think it's on its i'm gonna say 12th season and yeah i um got up to season 10 and then like checked in periodically and there wasn't a new season and then i looked a couple of weeks ago and i was like oh god there's two more seasons of it i've got to watch it now um mm. but yeah it's brilliant it's well worth a watch it's just so funny it's so clever as well chris is gonna be very happy you mentioned archer he's a big fan oh really yeah <laughs> shout out yeah hi chris i know you're listening you're out right <laughs> yeah. uh my recommendation is sonic the hedgehog 2 um, oh yes you've had right. a very good weekend Oh mate, what a weekend! What a weekend! Uh, yeah, I went to see this last night in my um, in my brief time that I wasn't playing Lego Star Wars, and I had a blast with it. I had a right blast with it. If you're a Sonic fan from any era, um, this is going to make you very very happy. Um, there's loads of little nods to the OG uh, games, to the very original games. Um, it's just full of joy. It's got a big heart in it, as the first one does. And the the best part of the first one was, of course, like the story and the emotional connection between. Uh, Sonic and the Donut Lord. Uh, so yeah, the second one just kind of keeps that one going. Uh, Jim Carrey again is fantastic and steals the whole thing um, as he does with the first one. Um, you know, it's just OG classic Jim Carrey doing the Jim Carrey stuff that he does so well. And yeah, it's great. I love Idris Elba as Knuckles. Just such a wonderful combination of things. <laughs> Makes me so happy. And uh, yeah, um, it really knocked it out of the park. So yeah. It kind of drags in the middle, but by the end, I mean, the third act is just a, it's just an orgasmic explosion of love for Sonic fans. And it's just a, yeah, it's just pure magic. Absolutely loved it. So uh, yeah, Sonic 2 is out now in cinemas. Go check it out because it rules. Uh, right then, let's go to Out This Week and Out This Week. There's only one place to start. Today, when you're listening to this podcast, the day it goes up. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is out now on all the things. And if you want to read my review, you can right now go to fingerguns.net to give that a read. Um, Replica also comes to PS4, which is that weird mobile-like 
um, found phone game. It's very interesting, very creepy stuff. Um, I think I think I played it years ago at a, at a exhibition. I can't quite remember, but yeah, Replica is uh, is wild. Um, the House of the Dead remake comes to Nintendo Switch this week. Also, Godfall comes to Xbox if you're into that sort of thing. Um, the Chinatown Detective Agency comes to PC and Xbox One. I think that's PlayStation as well on April the seventh. April the eighth. This is big. Lake is coming to PlayStation now. Let me tell you about Lake. Lake rules. Lake was my game of the year last year uh, when it launched on Xbox. Um, I absolutely loved it. It's currently on Xbox Game Pass, coming to PlayStation on the 8th, which is Friday. Don't miss it because it's just pure zen, relaxation, wonderfulness, and um, I highly, highly recommend it. And 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, you might have heard Toby talk about this one last week. Um, It's a crazy game that's coming to Switch on April the 12th. Not quite this week, but you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, not too far away uh, for that one. But yeah, not a bad week. But Lego Star Wars is by far the most exciting thing coming out this week. And um, don't miss him. And don't miss Lake either, because Lake's gonna Lake absolutely rules. You playing Lake this week, Cap? Fuck yeah! If it comes yeah. out on PlayStation, absolutely I will. Yeah, I just said it's coming out on PlayStation. Well, yeah, now I well now I believe you. I didn't know it was, and then yeah, I I wasn't doubting you. I was just saying, yeah, damn right, it's coming out on PlayStation. Yep, Friday, check it out. Um, it yeah. all man, yeah, that sounds banging. Yeah, kick back, relax, just have a zen 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 old time, driving a mailbox around a lake. That's a great game. Uh, right then, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that as well at FNGRGNS. If you want to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below, except for Miles. He's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for one dollar a month? That works at like 73 pence a month right now or something ridiculous. You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny but that's it thank you all very much indeed for listening we'll be back next week with more gaming goodness but until then it is goodbye from weird miles oh well it is goodbye from lost in cat bye boy it is goodbye from me i am lego roscoe until next time may the force be with you and also with you. That's beautiful, man. <laughs>